As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. This is Wednesday. My name is Rick Renner, and tonight I'm here with my beloved wife, Denise, and we are here with our friend and interpreter and assistant, Maxime Miasnikov. Maxime, Denise and I are glad you're back on Home Group. I'm so thankful to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. Hello, friends. And tonight we're going to continue talking to you about why we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to order this series. You know why? Because I believe you need it. The series is called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It comes with a study guide. The church needs the supernatural presence of Jesus. We need to move out of the head realm. And we also need to move into a supernatural realm. We need the head. We saw that in the last program that the Apostle Paul had ministered in Athens and basically functioned out of his head. And when he left Athens, he left pretty much a flop. He felt like he had failed there. And on his way to Corinth, he made some decisions. And he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, on my way to see you, I made some decisions and I determined that I would not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom only, but also in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul knew brain activity alone is not enough. That will appeal to a few folks, but many, many people need to see divine evidence. And that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit bring us. Anyway, order this. It's really good. And you ought to get the book that goes with it. I know this looks like a little book, which I told you that's a big victory for me to write a little book. But every single page of this book is a treasure. You will love this. You will devour it. It's a book you ought to buy to give to your pastor. It seems, Denise, like the gifts of the Holy Spirit have evaporated from the church. What's happened? People quit making room for it. In the 70s, when you and I were first filled with the Holy Spirit, people made room for the moving of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit moved. Today, we're making room for people, but we're not making room for the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to really meet the needs of people, we have to make room for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. But today, I want you to open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to begin in verse 4. When you talk about spiritual gifts, you have to talk about the church of Corinth because they were loaded with spiritual gifts. In fact, Paul said more about spiritual gifts when he wrote to the Corinthians than anybody else. And when you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, the apostle Paul said, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Christ Jesus. But I want to talk about the grace of God. The word charismatic, we call ourselves charismatics, comes from the Greek word charis. And Maxim, what is the word charis? It's a gift and one of the meanings... It's the word for grace. Grace, charis is grace, but that, that, that word also was used when someone, how people, when people thought that somebody was touched by God and was given a special gift, they would use that word. Charis. Charis. That is exactly right. They use the word charis to describe a person who had been endued with something from the gods. And in fact, the person became so empowered and so gifted that the word charis, translated grace in the New Testament, was even used to describe somebody who was under a magic spell. People would say, that person has changed so much. My goodness, they're doing things they could never do. 
They could never talk like that. They never had those abilities. What is he? Keras? Is he under some kind of a magic spell? And it tells us that when the grace of God operates in our life, we're under a divine spell. We're under the spell of God. I love it. The grace of God enables us to be different than we used to be. And I want to give you an example from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. This verse that everybody quotes and they don't even know what they're saying. Look at it. Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Most people say, can't do anything about who I am. I'm just am what I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. Hey, 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 you have misunderstood that verse. Look at it. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. But the very first of that verse, he uses the word, but, and in Greek, it is the word day. It is like an exclamation point. Paul is saying, listen to this. Everybody hear me, but by the grace of God. That word grace, the Greek word charis. It describes an empowering touch that gives you the ability to be something new, something different, gifts, graces, abilities you never possessed before, so totally changed. People say, man, is he under some kind of a spell? That's what the word means. And when Paul says that by the grace of God, I am what I am, do you know what he really means? Because of the grace of God upon me, it has changed me so radically. I am what I am, and I am not what I used to be. I am what I am. I'm not what I used to be. I've become what I am because I'm under this spell of grace. And it changed him. That's what happens when the grace of God touches us. Say amen. Amen. I love it. Isn't that exciting? Amen. And then he goes on, and he says, this grace was bestowed upon me. The Greek says, eis ima. It describes movement like the grace of God is coming toward him. And Paul says, it was not in vain from the Greek word kinos, which describes something empty, hollow, ineffective, vain, profitless, or worthless. Paul essentially was saying, let me read this to you. When the grace of God came into me, it was not wasted. It produced something magnificent inside me and enabled me to labor more abundantly than everybody else. When the grace of God comes, it makes you a producer. It gives you talent. It gives you abilities. It changes you. Suddenly you are empowered. That's what the grace of God does. And in verse 10, he continues to say, yet not I. Paul's saying, it's not me. This is not who I naturally am. But the grace of God, which was with me. The word with is even important to Greek. It's the word soon. It describes the grace of God partnering with us. The grace of God works in our life like a partner. And in fact, really the verse means this. Listen to this. I am what I am because of the miraculous touch of God's grace on my life. His touch imparted to me abilities that I did not have. I would never be who I am today if God hadn't moved His grace into me and transformed me. But as a result of His grace, I'm now doing more than anybody else The abilities I have are amazing, but it's not me. It's God's empowering grace that is partnering with me. But here's what I want you to see as we go into the subject of spiritual gifts. When keras comes, when grace comes, it gives you divine abilities. And that's why the word 
spiritual gifts is the Greek word charismata, from the word charis, supernatural abilities, supernatural manifestations that come and begin to work when you receive a touch of grace. So, can I say something, Rick? Let me say one more thing. Okay. Grace <clears throat> always comes with evidence. Always. When the grace of God is working in a person's life, you don't have to wonder. You can see it. There is something to see. There is something to hear. Because grace produces outward manifestations. In the case of the Corinthians, the grace of God spilled over with spiritual gifts and spiritual manifestations. Denise. Well, I just want to say, we can't just say, oh, yes, put that in our little knowledge head, and I know this, and I know that. We've got to embrace this grace and say, Jesus, I agree with your grace, and I agree that it's on me, and I want it to work through me. It is an acknowledgement of our heart to that truth that makes us different. Well, honey, I can tell you I am what I am by the grace of God because naturally I would never sit in front of a camera Naturally, I would gravitate away from people. I would hide. I would be a recluse. I am what I am today by the grace of God, 100%. You're looking at a man that's under a divine spell. Amen. And so is Denise. So is Maxime. We're under the spell of God, which gives us supernatural abilities, and so are you. But let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul continues to say, now remember in verse 4, he said, I thank God for the grace of God which is given to you by Christ Jesus. So they have received charis. The whole church is under the grace of God. It's like they're under a divine spell. And they have been so empowered with supernatural manifestations that they didn't previously happen have because of this grace that he says in the next verse, that in everything you're enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Everything in Greek is the word panty. It's a compound of the word pan, which means everything. The word T, which is the most minute, minuscule detail. When Paul says everything, he means in everything, in every way, there's not one thing missing, nothing in your life that has not been touched by the grace of God. He says that in everything you are, he says, enriched. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it's the marvelous Greek word platidzo. The word platidzo. Listen, describes wealth so great it cannot be tabulated. It depicts abundant wealth, vast wealth, extreme riches, magnificent opulence, extravagant lavishness. It describes a person so rich, the compound interest he is earning is growing so fast, it is impossible for him to keep track and to tabulate the extent of his wealth and it is the very word that was used in ancient Greek to describe King Midas. Everything Midas touched turned to gold. He was platidzo. He was filthy, stinking rich. And that is the word that is used here. You, my friends, became filthy, stinking rich the day you were placed into Christ Jesus that was the day you really struck it rich. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But the Corinthians were filthy, stinking rich, the Greek word platidzo, in regard to spiritual gifts. He says that in everything, in every way, nothing missing, everything I look at, everywhere I look at, every, every way, you are 
platitudes of filthy, stinking rich, and he specifically mentions two kinds of spiritual gifts. He says, look at it with me. He says, in all what? Utterance. Utterance and? Knowledge. Knowledge. Utterance gifts and knowledge gifts. Wait, 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 wait. But before we get to that, I want to go back one more thing in verse 5. He says, in everything you were enriched by him. Everybody say by. By him. I'm going to teach on the word by. You say, you've got to be kidding. You're going to get something out of the word by. I am. In Greek, it is the word in. And it can be translated in. It can be translated by. Both of them actually can be correct in this verse. First, it means you were enriched the day you were placed in Christ Jesus. That is the richest day you've ever had in your life. You were placed in him. Second, the word in can also be translated by, which emphasizes the point that once the enrichment process starts in your life, it is a continuous process that continues as you walk with God all over your life. You struck it rich the day you were placed into Christ and you continue to get richer and richer and richer and richer in the Lord the longer that you walk in Him. It really means, friends, you're invested with great spiritual riches because you are in Him, and that's not all. The longer you remain in Him, the more and more blessed with spiritual wealth you become because of your abiding relationship with Him. That's amazing, Denise. Awesome. Look what a gift we received when we got saved. But Paul says the Corinthians were rich in gifts of utterance and knowledge. What is a gift of utterance? These are vocal gifts. That's why they're called utterance gifts. They're vocal. They're gifts that are spoken. And they include tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. I'm going to read from my notes. These are gifts that when vocalized supernaturally convey a message from the heart of God to a specific person or to a congregation. But they were also rich in knowledge gifts. What is a knowledge gift? It is a revelatory gift. It's a revelatory gift. When you know something supernaturally, and that includes the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits, and these are spiritual gifts that supernaturally convey and reveal the heart of God and the heart of others or facts and details that could never naturally be known. And the Corinthians were rich spiritually with vocal gifts and with revelatory gifts. Isn't that amazing? What are you thinking, Maxine? I'm thinking it's wonderful. God's presence is where we find any kind of gift. And when, when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of something you taught me. And I'm so thankful to you taught me that. You explained to me once that, I don't know if, I, if, if there's time to talk about it, but there's a great passage in the Old Testament where they, where, where, where they describe how the, uh, the temple was open, great opening of the temple. And the Bible says that the, the glory of the Lord came, the glory of the Lord was present, and the priests could not stand. And you explained to me that the word glory in the original in Hebrew language meant heaviness something heavy came. Heavy with everything good. And you explained to me that God's presence is full of every kind of gift, every kind of gift. And when you need something, any kind of gift, a spiritual gift, or even not spiritual, if you need your abilities to grow, get in God's presence. That's where all the gifts and presence are. And I'm thankful to you for teaching me that. Denise? I'm thinking about the phrase, by Him, 
that everything that we've received, it was from him. Amen. And by abiding in him. It's from him. He couldn't give anything but what was good. And it came directly to you, directly to me. It, it came with your name on it. Hallelujah. It was personalized Hallelujah. for you. And it was personalized for me. But you know, sweetheart and, and Maxine, if anybody could be disqualified from moving in spiritual gifts, it would have been Corinth with all the hangups and problems they had. But when I read the book of Corinthians, it encourages me because the modern church is really filled with a lot of hangups. All the problems in Corinth, they are the modern day problems of the church. Chemical addiction, sexual addiction, all kinds of competition and jealousy and rivalry and just unhinged carnality. But they had received the grace of God and the grace of God was just spilling over in their midst, just running over like a vase that's overflowing. Revelation gifts, vocal gifts, and in fact, so many gifts of the Holy Spirit were working in Corinth Paul had to write three entire chapters about how to manage the manifestations. Think about that. <laughs> Today, people are just praying to have one manifestation. The Corinthians had to be taught how to manage the manifestations. Isn't that something? It's First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. But the Corinthians struck it rich. So did you. You struck it rich the day you were placed in Jesus. And by abiding in Jesus, platizo, you just get richer and richer and richer and richer. And guess what? That word platizo, it's also where you get the word for a plutocrat. A plutocrat is just an individual that is filthy, stinking, rich, and he uses his money to influence. That's what the grace of God does. The grace of God makes us spiritually rich so we can have influence. And one of the ways we influence is by letting the gifts of the Spirit manifest. But I believe the Corinthians said, oh, we have to work hard to manifest the gifts of the Spirit. It just overflowed. It was a natural response. They came under the divine spell of God, charis, the word grace, and they became charismatics. <laughs> Charismata. They just spilled over in their midst this massive manifestation of spiritual gifts. And that's what God wants to do in your life, in my life, and Denise, and Maxime, and your church, and your home group. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation, discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, healing, gift of faith, gift of miracles. All of it's supposed to operate in the church. And the only reason we're not seeing it these days is because people are not intentionally making room for it. You have to make room for it the grace is there. It's giving you the abilities. It's supernatural. But you have to open the door and say, okay, Holy Spirit, do your deal. And just like when Paul showed up in Corinth, if you'll open the door and make room, the Holy Spirit will show up and the Holy Spirit will show off. He'll begin meeting needs. His influence will be felt. Lives will be transformed and changed. And God will clean up carnality because when the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to work like prophecy, it exposes things. 
oh my goodness, sin can't live in the presence of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit exposes it. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow night. Sleep well. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.